This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis today. I know I always say it's an extra exciting day, but this time I mean it because, look, you hear that voice? You've never heard that voice before on the podcast. (laughs) It is not a single solitary Anna in the studio with me today. It is the one and only (laughs) Kalinda. Hey, hey. What's going on? Introduce yourself to the people, Kalinda. Hello, the people. Uh, My name is Kalinda Dickerson, and I am working here at New Memphis with the young professionals called Embarkers. And I have for the last five years, I love working with my Embarkers. Kalinda is a little ray of sunshine and she is here with me today to do the podcast. And I'm super excited to get to do it with her. Um, I know you guys hear a plethora of Anna's run through this (laughs) studio. Um, So it's good. We have two C names today. So we're taking over. Um, If you've just changed the dial, you are listening to us on Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR, which is 91.7 FM. Stay tuned because we have an amazing guest. But before we get into it, Kalinda, how was your weekend? Um, you know, it was full of sports, and you know I love me some you sports. Do. Like, so shout out to my Grizzlies and my Tigers. We pulled out some uh, amazing games. We didn't win them all, but you know what? That's all right. We represented. I love that. <laughs> I love that Kalinda is always very, like, she's like a sports aficionado. She actually knows what's going on when she watches the games. And I'm just like, I'm here for the party. Like, I'm here for... <laughs> got the drinks. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but guys, again, today's episode is going to be... A really great one. Absolutely. Today, we have motivational speaker, Amazon best-selling author, author, safe driving advocate, and wheelchair nomad Fletcher Cleaves. Following a life-altering event, Fletcher discovered a passion for public speaking, and he's here today to continue his mission of promoting the importance of safe driving and overcoming adversity. Um, extra exciting thing, Kalinda was just talking about her experience leading young professionals. Absolutely. So Fletcher is one of those. Uh, He's a graduate of our fall 2020 cohort, and he was definitely the guy who was um, bringing the energy every class. So love that. Love Fletcher. He's going to also be bringing the energy this episode. I just know it. So without further ado, should we just roll into the interview? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, guys, Fletcher is here. Welcome. Yes, I am here. Well, Yay. thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you today. Your story is just so cool, and I cannot wait for these listeners to hear all about it. But before that, we did a small introduction for you before mm-hmm. you got here. But now that you are here, I would love for you just to introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit more about you. Absolutely. What it is, what it ain't, what the business is, America. We love one that starts <laughs> off like that. Yeah, you know, I'm all about high energy and having a great time. But um, I am Fletcher Cleves, a.k.a. The Wheelchair Nomad. I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. I graduated from Cordova High School in 2009. After that, um, I was on a football scholarship to Lambeth University in Jackson, Tennessee. And unfortunately, a lady texted and driving ran me off the road and uh, caused me to become paralyzed. And ever since then, it's been a journey, an uphill, downhill battle, slopes, turns, Twist and turns, however you want to call it, has been <laughs> anything an but a direct path. <laughs> exactly, anything but a direct path. And uh, I, after therapy in Atlanta, Georgia, I came back home to University of Memphis, uh, where I, well, back to Memphis, where I enrolled at the University of Memphis and graduated a degree in computer science. And I've just been trying to inspire the world with my story and tell everybody about the dangers of texting and driving, and also also overcoming adversity and anything else I can help the help the world with. 
Yeah, your story is really one of testimony, but also triumph over Mm -hmm. your circumstances. And so how did you even begin to get to the Fletcher that is sitting in front of us today? Uh, Well, it all started when I was born in 1990. (laughs) You're like, picture it, 1990. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But today I've always been kind of a resilient young man. When I played sports, I was always a smaller athlete, so people always kind of doubted me and didn't have the full faith I had within myself. So I've always kind of believed in myself more than everybody else did. And it kind of overrolled or rolled over when my accident happened. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of took on that same mindset and just wanted to show the world that being in a wheelchair is not what you think it is and also just this is the end of my story i worked too hard to get where i was Mm -hmm. at 18 years old to something tragic happened and that was it like nah, this can't this can't be life so i need to do something or figure out what it what it is i need to do or to get back rolling uh back in the streets and back uh, around the community and everything like that so luckily it's been going well so far and i'm excited i love that well, I want to get into something really quickly, something that uh, is called the Fletcher Cleave Story. In case you guys have not checked it out, um, hit up your local Amazon link because it's there um, in your own words of your own journey, Fletcher. I want to talk about that story and mm. what gave you the courage to open up the pages of your life to uh, not only Memphis, but to the world? Um, it was it was hard at first because I'm not really a writer. Like I'm very math and science. Uh, driven, so I'm like, like I am the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like just when even I was in college, it was like write a five page essay. I'm like I can literally say this in two sentences. Like <laughs> I, like I would just put in fillers and just try to make it. I don't I don't know what to say. I'm yeah. not a good writer, so I had some writing help and I uh, went through a journey. You know, had someone to kind of writing coach to help me, but it was an amazing journey. I just everybody kept telling me with being a motivational speaker to you should write a book. You should write a book, and I was like I don't even like writing paragraphs. I know I'm not gonna write a book. <laughs> right. So, but I was like, you know, maybe this is a new way to reach audience and maybe a new way to um, help America and just tell my story. So it was a journey. It took about two years to from start to finish and uh, telling that story and just being all the detailed and trying to uh, put the audience right at the moment in the car when everything happened or when I was in therapy, trying to uh, describe what the feeling like, what the room smelled like and things of that nature and just reminiscing and going back to old videos and old pictures and thinking Mm -hmm. like, oh, I remember that time and that day. And it was uh, it was a fantastic time. I love doing it. Awesome. And but they were definitely therapeutic for you, though, going through the process. It was it was just reminiscing, like I said, and like putting myself back in that shoes because you kind of with it have been so long ago, uh, I kind of get kind of drawn away from it and trying to remember what it was like and kind of a refresh on why I started this journey. Absolutely. I think that is such a really cool thing Mm because, one, you take on all these initiatives anyway. And even this book, like you said, it's not your forte, but you found a way to do it anyway. So I kind of am really interested to hear from you to this vast array of listeners we have. If they're wanting to do something that's a little scary, they're wanting to start a new venture, step out on a ledge and kind of do something Mm. new, but they're terrified. What is your advice to them? Uh, My advice is just to do it. Like you just, even though I was scared, you just have to do it. And whether it's going back to college or whether it's joining New Memphis or whether it's anything of that nature, anything you've always wanted to do, just do it. Because um, a couple of things that I've heard from my coach and my parents was like let's say going back to school for instance going back to college Mm -hmm. take that as an example four years is going to pass regardless so why don't you just do it anyway like so four years from now are you going to be in the same place or would you like Mm -hmm. to have 
you know, undergrad or bachelor's degree or master's degree behind your name or something like that. So, um, mm. you know, like just something in that nature, I was like, uh, when people say you should write a book and it's going to take two years. And I was like, well, two years is going to pass anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be two like, years older eventually. Anyway, exactly. Might as well be two years older with the book. Deal. <laughs> exactly. So something, I've always been a glass half full and I look um, just being optimistic and always seeing the positive in things. Um, so that's why I think you should, when I say people are scared, just do it anyway. Uh, yeah. Playing football, our coach, he used to come before every game. He was like, scared man is a dead man. So by that means you can't go on that field being timid and being scared and walking through life thinking about the what ifs because, you know, life is life. It, it's happened. Yeah. Everybody goes through ups and downs. Everybody goes through adversity. But it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. I That's really word. resonate mm-hmm. with that. And I love that so much because there's going to be bad and good days no matter what you decide to do like nothing is going to be all peaches and roses all day long Mm -hmm. so i think that's what prevents people from really stepping into what they could the power truly of what they could be is the fear of the bad Mm -hmm. what do you do on those days where you're like oh gosh today is a really bad day like what what is your little hack for getting through days like that um a little hack i go through to get through bad days or if it's just like you do the best you can. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it just it, it happens, man. It just it just happens. Yeah. So, so I would always say, like I'm very um, humorous. Like I always try to. You, know, like, you don't I, say. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm always making jokes as Kalinda can contest. Uh, I've always you know been uh, a sort. I wouldn't say a sore thumb, but just, I've always tried to stick out. Yeah. So even when I'm having bad days, I'm like, hey, at least it's not raining. <laughs> so, you know anything you just You're like to, perspective it's yeah, perspective it's <laughs> perspective so i've always try to always see you know what try to be what you're grateful for so if you're having a bad day try to be like well at least whatever the case may be in your situation or you know tomorrow's a brand new day try to look at it like look at it uh with that perspective as well and just see like i say always be optimistic I, I've, I've witnessed that i've seen fletcher bring um the energy Mm-hmm. You say fake it till you make it, but he doesn't <laughs> fake it. Like it's always genuine, and it just it just ignites something in everybody else. Whether we're feeling down or not into it, you like it's lit, it's and everybody lit. everybody's on board. <laughs> Good morning, I'm here, and it's we time, lit. Time to get the show going, and we lit exactly. <laughs> I love it. You're just that person that walks into a room, and everybody's like, "Okay, I feel better now." Exactly. Here. And, I, and, I, and I take that, and I take that as a compliment. You know, yeah. like trying to bring that energy and just trying to make everybody's day better simply just by my presence. Uh, your present is a present. That is like your gift to the there world. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> so you have done so much. You have embarked on so many initiatives. But first, I want to like talk a little bit about the thing I think most people are probably familiar with you with, mm-hmm. which was the Fletcher's Drive through the AT&T It Can Wait campaign. Absolutely. How did that come about? Did AT&T just ring you on the line and you're like, this is the executive AT&T? And you're like, no, it's not. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh, and so it was really a, a draw of the look, if you want to call it. Yeah. So I was speaking at Bartlett High School. I, this is fresh in my speaking journey. So I'm speaking at Bartlett High School. I'm still reading, like, off of a, a sheet of paper. Like, that's how new it was. I haven't memorized. I didn't get to know the feel of the crowd. And uh, just so happened an AT&T representative was, like, we co-hosted, if you want to call it. Like, he spoke first, and I spoke second. And... um you know, he's like, man, I love your story. You know, if anything comes up, I'll keep you in mind. And, you know, just like, yeah, whatever, man. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Talk to you later. So a year goes by. And then out of nowhere, I get a call from Chuck Thomas. I'm not sure if you guys know him. Uh, he's H&T director. He lives yeah. here in Memphis. And um, he does a lot of stuff around the community and everything. And he calls. He's a very uh, fast-speaking man. <laughs> so he calls. He's like, Fletcher, Fletcher, you're not going to believe. Like he's, I'm like, Chuck, calm down. What do you talk like? Because I'm, I'm, I'm at work at the time. I'm like, oh, what do you? 
<laughs> Hold on, let me step away from my desk. He was like, I just got off the phone with ESPN and they uh in AT&T and they were in a meeting and they were saying, hey, we're looking for someone that is has been affected by distracted driving uh, with AT&T reps. And then ESPN was like, we prefer them to be an athlete. And I jumped up in the meeting and I said, I know the perfect guy, Fletcher Cleaver. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm like, all right, suck. so what, what are we saying? I was like, and they Fletcher, I'm telling you, man, you're going to love it. I got a big surprise for you. And he just, he's speaking. I'm like, all right, Chuck, get to it. Like, what's going on? Yeah. He's like, they want to put, they want to do a commercial and, and make air on college game day and ESPN. And they want to fly you out and do all these things. I'm like, what? Are you, are you serious? Like, yeah. be honest. And it happened. And, and, that's, and that's how it all started. So they got in contact with me and I shared my story. They came down and they filmed the commercial and it was fantastic. It was a. It was an eye-opening experience just being a part of that, and I have a new respect for actors and movies and people of that. Huh. Because well, I don't think I could ever act because I feel like I would get too linked to my character, mm-hmm. and so and I'd be thinking it was my real life. Yours, this is a different story because this was obviously based off your real life. Absolutely. But I feel like in terms of acting in general, there's no way I could not be a soap actress. I would well, be thinking be, I have like five that might, husbands. That might, be a, that might be a real. That might be a good thing. Like you put yourself and you're like, hey, you yeah. know, you just draw emotion. It's like she's a great actress, but she went crazy. She it's went crazy. <laughs> but yeah. In, just waking up being on set at like six in the morning to yeah. like eight at night for four days straight we we're talking like 13 hours and it's only a six minute commercial yeah that's crazy. so i could have like a two hour movie they're filming for like nine months and just every day in and out like it has to be so strenuous Wow. So for you, was it mentally grueling? Was it physically grueling? Was it, were you like, this is my element, I'm doing my thing? Uh, it was cool um, when I was on, during my scenes. Cause it was <laughs> but like just being in, in the, just, oh, well, the whole experience was great. Let me say that. I don't want to yeah. say it was bad, but it, just waking up early and just watching people and, you know, they're trying to keep it as true as possible, but also right. add like the theatrical flavor to it. Mm-hmm. and. And uh, we had some great experiences just bringing in my actual parents, my actual football coach, my actual weight trainer, my actual therapist from Atlanta. So being around those people was yeah. uh, very, it was nice. What is it like watching your life through somebody else's lens? It's, it's I wouldn't say weird. I, I'm like, weird sounds about right. Yeah. For me. <laughs> like it's surreal almost. It's eye-opening, but it's kind of. I wouldn't say easy because I speak it with being a motivational speaker. I tell this story all the time. Right. So watching it though, like through like the professionalism yeah. of like of cameras and stuff, I was like, man, this is really like this is what's up. It's really cool. And um, but it, it was it was great. It was great. I, I enjoyed it. And my parents and you know none of us are actors, so yeah. right. it was funny and you know, things. Uh, my football coach was on set and. He was kind of giving like trying to get like in the pregame like it was an actual game. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts. Uh, wailing off these sayings that aren't TV appropriate. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, and he's saying, you know, he says he says the first line, and then the director comes in. It's like cut, 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 cut. Yeah. I can't like, use it. Can't you use cannot it. say that on national TV. <laughs> no explicatives. Exactly. Please. Like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Anything of that yeah. nature. You know, he wasn't cursing uh, in his yeah. defense, but he was just saying some some football terms. Yeah, gotcha. like something to like. Yeah. Get that get you, uh, yeah. And then so after that one, he was like, okay, I'll use my other one. So he goes in again. He gives uh, phrase B. The second one, cut, cut. You can't say that either <laughs> on national TV. It's like it, it was. It was just funny, just being you know that whole. It sounds situation. like you have a really good recollection of that time, as in like it's more fondness than hardship oh, yeah. of that time. Like I said, I've never been a part of anything like that, a national commercial, and, yeah. and just being 
hands on and everything, and it was it was a fantastic time. And I'm I'm a people person. I like to joke around, and even the um, uh, I guess what you assistants that were on on set that was like you don't want anything. Like they literally hired a person strictly to just whatever Make I Make sure you were good. Yeah, like, so, like, every 20 minutes, she was like, do you need some water? You're or, like, I have a personal assistant. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, going to be able to go back to my normal life. Exactly. Like, <laughs> this is like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't have anybody waking up, getting me water and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she was just asking, like, do you need anything? I was like, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm just I'm just here chilling. And, I'm chilling. Like, I'm chilling. Yeah. We were in my parents' house. So I like, I know where the water's at. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Was, I was like, you're so nice. I was like, what do you expect me to right. ask? She's like, well, people, like, these especially when you're like the star of it i was like i need chick-fil-a in my room yeah. at 7 a.m and I'll need... room temperature water not a grade exactly. above 68 if oh it's 69 i don't want like, it like... I need blue m&ms only yes. like, oh. something like that oh gosh so what was the response to this so you do the commercial it rolls out with the at&t campaign what was the response for you after that it was it that kind of put it on a national level mm-hmm. like i said because i was you know with being a Memphis kid, because people in Memphis kind of hear stories, maybe even Jackson and Arkansas, but not like California yeah. and Wisconsin and Colorado and things of that nature. So when it aired, I just started getting emails from people all over just, hey, I'm Fletcher, I'm so-and-so from New York, and I just saw your commercial, and you inspired me. I had people telling me their testimony. I have three kids, and they started start driving, or I'm dealing with some personal issues, and seeing your story just made me want to fight. And uh, I, st- I tend to go back uh, maybe once or twice a year and just read those emails mm-hmm. to try to remember why am I doing this mm-hmm. and what is the purpose. And, you know, it is for it is, you know, it is for a purpose. So with being a motivation speaker, if you don't get that feedback, sometimes you may lose confidence. And it's like, what am I doing really make a difference? And, you know, it just and it confirms it that I am making a difference. Uh, I got an email from a lady from Canada. She was dealing with cancer and she was like, I was la- I was laying in the hospital and your commercial came up. And I saw it, and I was like, it made me keep wanting to fight. Like, if this young man Aww. has gone through this, I can definitely keep fighting. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, um, speaking of being, uh, you know, nationally recognized, you're also internationally recognized. <laughs> Let's talk about this wheelchair nomad, sir. Um, just in case you guys have not seen it or checked it out, you can definitely tune into the YouTube channel mm-hmm. of Fletcher's and check out the wheelchair nomad gets crazy in Mexico. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's inspiring. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, that journey. And I just got to know, when they tossed you off that ledge, what were you thinking? But I wasn't, clearly. <laughs> I wasn't, but it was fantastic. So it started from the beginning. It started when I was in college. And kids, I wasn't independent enough to go travel alone mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just kind of relied on my parents for a lot of my medical needs and stuff like that. And uh, my college team, with teammates, friends, and everybody, they were going like spring break and you yeah. know like they were doing college stuff and I was like I want to go me too yeah like what about me guys <laughs> yeah. so like my senior year or junior year my friends was like hey y'all instead of going to PCB in Miami whatever we're gonna like, whatever we need to do to help get fledged we're just gonna take a small trip to Nashville for the weekend yeah. just to kind of see so we go to Nashville for the weekend it was the first time I've ever been away from my parents more than like six, seven hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So, two like a whole weekend. Just that had being, to be like nerve wracking. I was. I'm not really scared. Of, like, I'm, really? No, I'm uh, like, if you do it, just do You're it. You're just like, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I've done it. I'm, I'm on I'm, go yeah. always, is how you are. I've fallen out of my chair. I've flipped back. Like, Fletcher, just, my anxiety could never. Just do it. Like, you never know what you can do until you try. True. That's so, fair. And that even, is fair. even as a child, like, I would just do stuff 
and I would like uh, now or then just fall or hurt myself. Yeah. I'm like, oh, can't do that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's my parents like, look, go ahead, jump off, jump off the top step. Now, when you break your ankle, I bet you won't do it again. <laughs> so, I might, yeah. I don't know. Exactly, exactly, something <laughs> yeah. like that. But uh, like I said, um, so that we went to Nashville and. It was a fantastic time just being around my friends and just kicking in and having fun and just we, we weren't even just doing stuff we were just hanging out just going to the movies and we went out to eat and just hanging out in the hotel and things and like that and it was so much fun just to i felt like a, my independent like i felt like a yeah. college kid and yeah. so we went to nashville again then we went to new orleans for mardi gras and then we went to dallas and then we, i was like hey, what about a plane like y'all ever the, so we went to Vegas, and then we went to New York, and it just kept expanding, expanding, and then so Vegas is my favorite city in the United States. Okay, I've been to Vegas at least thirteen times. Like I love it. Can wow. we ask, can we ask what happens in Vegas? know the rules. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But no, it was it was a fantastic time, and and so we went to Vegas. I went to Vegas four times in one year, this particular year. Oh wow! And so I was like, I've been to Vegas. I keep going to these same. Like once you go to so many United States cities, mm-hmm. they all starts to look the same. You know, it's cool. And so I, I looked at my financial spreadsheet. I looked at how much money I spent in Vegas. I looked up how much a plane ticket to Rome would cost. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could I could go oh. to, uh, you know. So we did that. We went to um, Paris, Rome, and um, London. All right. Uh, we were going like twelve days and. Getting that first international taste, you know, over uh-huh. the pond. I was like, like just the culture and yeah. music. And everything is so beautiful. Exactly. Too. It's just different. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. It's like, this is what y'all do already? Like, you know, yeah. It's like, like you work in this historical monument exactly. of a building every day? <laughs> every day. Something like that. And once I, once that happened, I was like, well, if they do this in Europe, um, in Paris, in Europe, I wonder what they do in like Spain. And I wonder what uh, Dubai and Japan. Like, what, what is, how does people live across the world? And just knowing that in different cultures, I love it. And food and mm-hmm. just, I, I just love it. So traveling is definitely uh, my thing now. I love that. I also got to go to Rome for the first time before the pandemic mm-hmm. in 2019. And my first thing when you said that, I was like, there is so many cobblestones. Absolutely. So a yeah. big point of your traveling series is to kind of rank and assess how accessible mm-hmm. going to these places is. What was the verdict in going on that first big international venture? Um, Europe, so far, to the countries I've been to, mm-hmm. in the best. Paris, Paris was probably, uh, France, Paris, that, that was probably the best. Okay. They had, like, traditional elevators that we think of as um, elevators over not here. Not, like, the little ones that you have to, like, yeah, open like, and stuff. Yeah, something like that. But those are that. Uh, those were the ones in Italy that were mm-hmm. small, typically too small. And they also... Um, you ever seen the commercial when like older people that can't walk upstairs, they attach a chair to the rail yeah. and they sit in it, and it, yeah, that's what their idea of what the elevator was. So oh. I went to like multiple restaurants and hotels, and that's what it was like. And that's what they had. Yeah, it was like, yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm There's like, stairs I'm like, everywhere. First of all, there's like nobody used it since 1957. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. get exactly. the top of the steps and get stuck. <laughs> exactly, but it's not ideal because I would have to get out of my chair, and then somebody would have to carry Cut my chair up, up the yeah. stairs. Wow. And I would you... get back. Yeah, and so it was just too much. It was. And but we made it work. My friends, they always have had my back, and yeah. it was fantastic. And we made it work. And so we were there. It's like we just couldn't turn around and leave. We're like, hey, we're already in Rome. Too late now. Um, but <laughs> So, yeah, that, that's how that happens. And just Rome was not too accessible, mm-hmm. but, you know, it is what it is. It's always a, a eye-opening experience. And I'm trying yeah. to bring awareness, as you mentioned, to mm-hmm. accessibility issues. And being the wheelchair nomad is definitely helping. And now you get to say you've been to Rome, you've been to Paris, you've Absolutely. been to all these cool places. Mm-hmm. Like, 
to your point, you never know unless you try. Never know exactly. And I you're never, doing the you're doing the work. That's why I tell people with disabilities all the time. I was like, oh, well, I'm scared to go and just go mm-hmm. and just go. Like, take whatever you need and be prepared for the worst. Like, so if anything happens that's not the worst, you're like, well, at least it's not what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's very. That's a great perspective to have because, again, it goes back to that fear. A lot of people just don't want to try something like that because it is scary, especially when you have a disability, whether it's a visible one or an invisible one. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to a whole other country where you don't necessarily you possibly don't understand the language. And also your medical team is probably back in the States. Absolutely. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It was it was just being prepared. Always be prepared. And um, to your second point about the cliff situation, mm-hmm. uh, it was we were in Mexico and uh, there were we went to Cenote and everybody was having fun and jumping off cliffs and I'm like, hey, I want to jump too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave me down here. So I was like, to make it fair, I know it's probably hard to get me up there. I'm only gonna do one of them. Yeah. And if I'm gonna do one, I'm gonna do the highest one. Oh my goodness. And my boy, my best friend, uh, he went up there and he jumped. I was like, you jump first and tell me how is it. So he jumped and he came down and was like, oh, man, it's pretty high, Fletch, but you know what you want to do, we can make it happen. So I was like, all right, y'all get in the water just in case. So, you know, if anything happens, yeah. our people will be down there. And we went up there and he carried me. He was like, he was like before we went up there, he was like, all right, you sure? Because once I take you up, there's only one way down. Right, you got to jump. Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't want you, you're not going to get up there and I'm not carrying you back down. Right. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I went up there and I was like, oh, okay. So one two, three, and he, he launched me over there, and, I, and we got it accomplished. It and was it, fantastic. It and was it was fantastic. lit. It was definitely <laughs> lit. And I, according I, to Kalinda, it's live on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. on my social media. It's on the YouTube. You can see the whole experience from multiple uh, camera angles. I had a GoPro on. I had two cameramen there filming the whole experience, wow. and it was it was fantastic. I, I really liked it. Really cool to watch. Really cool to watch. I so you do this. You have the wheelchair nomad, but you also have your nonprofit as mm-hmm. well, called the Sky Is Not the Limit. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about how, where that started and what mission are you guys driving? Um, yeah. So it started being a part of uh, Bridge Builders here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it always taught me to think outside the box and like what's in front of you that's maybe presented is now what you may all well whatever you see is maybe not always be the big picture mm-hmm. so just sitting in you know just thinking about that and sky's not the limit and everything and um i ran across a saying and it said this was like in high school i was thinking about it was like how can we say the sky's the limit when there's footprints on the moon mm-hmm. so what it means like the sky's not the limit like yeah. there are no limits like you can only you achieve whatever you think about the limitations are only presented in your mind. Like you only um, make limitations on, impose limitations on yourself. So I just adopted the saying, as you can see right here on my sweatshirt, this, uh, the sky is not the limit. And we turned that into a nonprofit organization. And uh, we started it in September of, I wanna say, is that 2019, right before the pandemic? Mm-hmm. So that's when it got established in September 2019. And the pandemic hit like that following January. So. We weren't able to do as much as we wanted right. to do, uh, but we did a couple of things, and it was fantastic. We had a um, kickoff, so to speak, in September. Uh, was just so happened to be the 10-year anniversary of my accident is when oh, wow. we actually oh, kicked wow. it off, and we had a fundraiser, and um, we had a live band. It was phenomenal, and we did a backpack drive that following October for the kids and with the money we raised in that fundraiser, and um, it was fantastic, and just 
uh, being there and just helping giving back to the community and there's no way I could be where I am today without a support system and mm-hmm. people helping like uh, New Memphis and Bridge Builders and just get, giving back I l- actually loved it so I was like hey if people helping me can get help me get to where I am today if I just gave a little back I know uh, it might not be much but I love doing what I'm doing yeah so you said we a lot. Do mm-hmm. you, so you obviously don't do all of this alone. Do you have a team behind you or board members or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. The board members uh, are the same people I have always have always around since the beginning. Oh, wow. Uh, my cousin, he is a principal at a school here in Memphis. He's been by my side since day one. Uh, my best friend that travels with me all the time, my best friend that threw me off the cliff. <laughs> uh, my other, uh, two of my closest female best friends, just board members, my female cousin is always, who has her own nonprofit yeah. organization her own nonprofit organization, which is uh, phenomenal for her to help me and with throughout the journey and just how, what do I do about paperwork and bylaws and all that. And, and she was like, well, this is what I do, little cousin. This is what I did. So I would love to be on your board and we can get it going. Oh, and shout out to Vanessa, who I know is on your board as well, who was an Embark alumni. Mm -hmm. Kalinda knows everyone. She does. She does. She knows everyone. Oh, Yeah, but yeah, Vanessa, that's what I was talking about. She's on uh, my board member as well. Oh, awesome. So you are a native Memphian, right? Born and raised, uh-huh. Okay. I was. So I <laughs> when we have native, I'm a Memphian by choice. I've been here for a little over a decade. So okay, where are you from originally? Kosciuszko, Mississippi. Kosciuszko, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead center. We are known for being the birthplace of Oprah. That is our claim to fame. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Because I'm from Itala County. Shout okay. out. I met Oprah once. Oh, really? Wow. Oh. I was in a wheelchair. I broke my foot. Uh-huh. Um, and my little small town hospital was out of adjustable crutches. So they only had the kind that wouldn't adjust. And I was so short. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was do they like, let me have a wheelchair. And so I was like, Oprah was going to be there. They were doing a special showing of, I think The Color Purple got re-released. Mm-hmm. And our little theater showed one movie at 7 and one movie at 9. And she was there. And she came on the oh, square. And I'm wow. just like sitting there in my little chair. So y'all on first name basis, you like, what's up, Oprah? Yeah, I'm sure you know she remembers me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, how, it's me. I am yeah. unforgettable. I'm a b- basic blonde white girl. Of course <laughs> she's not going to forget what I look like. Um, but as a native Memphian, I would love to hear from you because you go and do these cool things with the wheelchair nomad. Mm-hmm. Being in Memphis, how do you kind of rate Memphis's accessibility? Mm, that's no one's ever asked me about home. Mm. I would say I'm here to do the hard hitting questions. Absolutely, I see. That. Here we are. Um, there can be some work done. I would Agreed. say that. Um, like I said, always being optimistic. Um, there can be some work done just with streets and that's. That's probably the the, the biggest thing. It's mm-hmm. it's just the street streets and sidewalks are just not ideal as mo- these larger cities like New York and L.A. Of course, um, but the other day, like right, I was going to well, not the other day, this past summer. I like I said, I lived downtown and I was uh, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go to Caroline Watershed mm-hmm. and give me a turkey leg and just have you know sit outside. So I uh, I was rolling down the street. And at the corner of Maine and Carolina, I want to say, mm-hmm. is right before you get there, there is a fire hydrant that is sitting directly in front of the curb cut. Oh, so wow. I can't go around it um, because I would fall off the curb. Like, it's, like, really directly. It's like the fire hydrant was there first, and they built the. I don't know. I, I don't even know what the logistics or who, what, whoever thought of this. So I had to, like, wait and for someone that was just so t- were having to be walking by. And help and, you and out. just helped me down. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, uh, citizens of Memphis. Uh, <laughs> she was just a lady jogging. I was like, do you mind please helping me? Because what I would have to, I would have to have turned around and go back and Up then the down, yeah, yeah. Da- back down the sidewalk and then find the curb cut and then go in the street, basically, 
and have to pass it because I couldn't hmm. get down. So I, luckily the lady was passing. Shout out to the random the jogger. Yeah, that showed you a random act of kindness. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but things of that nature and stuff, stuff like that, like yeah. you just don't know until you need it or um, you have to use it. So I probably would have never noticed that. I'm pretty yeah. sure people walk past that fire hydrant because uh, they don't need to use a curb cut. Um, but so I would say it's, I would say streets are probably streets and sidewalks and ramps ramps being too steep and yeah um i gave a speech here recently at first tennessee right there on madison i want to say or maine I wanna, mm-hmm. one of the right across from starts with an m yeah <laughs> um right across from the canopy hotel yeah uh, right by the Redbreast stadium and um the hr you know it was kind of hard for me getting to that building and she just brought um i didn't like it it brought it to light to hr wow. how not accessible mm-hmm. their building was so I kind of do that. I go around the city and just kind of just, hey, this could be better. This could be, you I know, I travel that. a lot. These major cities are on it. Atlanta's pretty good. Denver's mm-hmm. pretty good as well. Um, but Memphis can be better, I would say. Doing So I haven't seen your entire YouTube series. I've seen mm-hmm. highlights of episodes. I haven't seen the Mexico one, though, so I'm going to have to go Ooh. check that one out. Do you ever kind of become a tourist in your hometown and sh- showcase kind of those things? Um, yeah, so with me and knowing a lot of people, and I do a lot of traveling, yeah. when I meet people out, it was like, hey, I'm in Memphis, and I kind of play tour guide to that situation. Like, these are the top restaurants, and these are, you know, other motivational speakers. When I, when they come here in Memphis, I'm like, hey, let's grab lunch, and what should I do? And I always say Civil Rights Museum is probably the top. You have to do that, of course, and just show them around. So, yeah, I think I do become tourists. I like to do staycations as well. Mm-hmm. I like to... Be a tourist and, you know, sometimes in my own city, and, it, and it's fun. And I, I really enjoy it. So just bringing it to light, just like I said, Memphis is always home. I, I want to live here. I want to raise my family here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I've always loved you here. I mean, you just come in with it because we were about to ask you exactly what your top couple of Memphis gems were. So mm-hmm. let's speak to what those might be. We know you like a little Carolina Watershed. Yeah. <laughs> the Carolina Watershed is good. They have good turkey legs. They, there's a lot of stuff in them. It's a lot of like macaroni and cheese and mm. rice and all that. So, it, but it's good. I would say. Wait, it's inside the turkey leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's a stuffed turkey leg. Whoa. It's all around. It's like you can get. I've only been twice. So I've not seen exactly what's on the menu, but it's a lot of stuff. It's wow, that's of, I, so. See that that's the one place I haven't been yet is Carolina. Water. Save yeah. all your calories for one meal. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. I hope you're not on a diet. <laughs> oh wow. Um, but we talking like, what are we, the food or what are we saying? Oh, what, yeah. What, what do you need? Give us, if, you, if you're hosting someone out of town and you want those top yeah. three or four things that you know you got to knock out. What uh, are, you're what giving are, them um, the perfect weekend Memphis experience. Yeah. Perfect weekend Memphis experience. All right. So you got to do, this is your first time in Memphis? Sure. Um, the person? Yeah. Got to do Civil Rights Museum. Mm-hmm. I'm giving, that's top up there. Mm-hmm. Slave Haven as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, if Depending on how much time you got, I think you should, you know, do... What a stacks! I, 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 I would love say, I, yeah, I would throw so stacks much. in there, but you know, I don't want to museum these people out. Yeah. so those are my yeah. three top museums. Okay. I would say you got to fill them up. What, yeah, they, yeah. what so, are they eating, Fletcher? Is that what are they eating uh, now? Now, when it comes to barbecue, of course, in Memphis, here we go. Everybody, no. has, <laughs> everybody has their own. Yep, hard opinion. So, the hard opinion. So I tell them like this: Memphians rarely eat out barbecue because we barbecue ourselves. All right. So You're we know a word. how. Yeah, saying so a word. What, what's the best barbecue? I'm like my daddy house. Yeah. That's, okay. that's the best barbecue I've had. So I try to take it with a grain of salt with these, like, hey, from what I've heard, this is what's pretty good, so on and so forth. But for the most part, I eat my uncle's barbecue or my father's, you know. For, so 
um, you know, of course, people go to rendezvous. You know, they see that on TV all the time. That's mm-hmm. the more commercial one. But a lot of these mom and pop uh, st- ones are pretty phenomenal. Uh, when I go out and you know to you know, of course, I go out with them and have whatever the case may be. And uh, so it's kind of hard to. I'm not gonna point out any barbecues because it's all you know. Like I said, it's all that's all phenomenal. You really can't go wrong, yeah. so to speak. Um, so with that food and what else? I I would say you know, down, I'm a downtowner. So mm-hmm. I, a lot of the bars on Main Street, I like to. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of going. Like even when I go travel, I like to. I don't like to get in a car a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to stay somewhere where I can just. People watch. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. watch and move. So I'm, I go to a lot of cities downtown. I stay in hotels there or whatever their main. You don't need a car area. Yeah, center of the so, city. Huh? So, yeah, center of the city. I, I love. I'm a city. I'm a city kid. I like this. I love living downtown. I'm not a country. And when we go visit my. Friend, not friends, my <laughs> uncles, and they live in the country. I'm like, it's. I don't want to be out here. Yeah, like it's too quiet out <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, it's I don't, too quiet. Like, suspicious. No, no cars going by. Like, you know, I don't hear no ambulance or nothing. No fire. I, I need noise. I need noise. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the silence is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, like please. just chirping the crickets. Like, uh. okay, okay. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool time. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like you'll have. When people come into town, you send them on their way, the right way. Just explore, you know. Yeah. I think that's my favorite thing about going to new places Mm. is I always joke that if you take me on a hike, I'm not a hike person. I'm a stay and look at the same thing for 20 minutes person. (laughs) Because, like, if I find something I want to, like, embrace and, like, take in, Mm. you got to give me some time. Like, I want to enjoy it. So, to your point, there's so many little enjoyable things. Even here in Memphis, Mm -hmm. there's so much to enjoy about this city. I just think people get lost in it because we live here we walk by it every day you know you kind of like i appreciate mm-hmm. anybody that lives in any city you kind of just get used to it yeah. but to contest what you're saying i'm kind of that way too i kind of get sidetracked uh yep. especially <laughs> if i'm in a big city like we were in mardi gras and we were walking down a canal or bourbon one of the main streets or whatever and you know i'm we're i'm rolling my friends are in front of me and I'm like, oh, what's that? And I just go <laughs> yep. in the store. And like, like, wait a minute, where'd you go? Yeah, they're like, Flesh, where are you? I was like, I'm with y'all. No, you're not. Like, where y'all go? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I had yeah. things to do. Exactly, I was looking in here. I had voodoo dolls. I was trying to see what's... I, look, I have the funniest story. My mm-hmm. first trip ever to New Orleans, I was a child, and we were on family vacation, and, like, I walked into the store, and I was with my mom and dad, and... I just picked up this doll and like I wanted this doll so bad and my mom was like, No, we can't we can't get you that doll. It was a voodoo doll. Um, I thought it was just a regular yeah, doll. I doll, wanted this doll this so doll bad. Looks like me. And she was like, No, no, we can't I don't think we should have that doll. <laughs> and I'm like, Why? It's just and she's doll. like, It's a voodoo doll and I was like, What does that mean? That's like voodoo's cool word. Exactly. Like I was so young. But yeah, Absolutely. that's whenever someone brings up a voodoo doll, that's like my first. I'm like, I really wanted one. Are you? So you have traveled, you have started nonprofits, you have worked internationally, nationally with AT and T. You don't stop. But what the listening audience may or may not know is that you also are a part of the New Memphis family and are a graduate of our Embark program. Absolutely. Whoop, whoop. So. Let's talk about it. We have lovely Kalinda here that can dive in Absolutely. deeper. Absolutely, Kalinda. She was always helpful uh, yeah. being our go-to person and in group meets. Uh, <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Kalinda here. Thank you so much. Snap, snap, snap it up, snap it up. All right, Love all right. Um, well, I want to shout-out your cohort. Uh, shout-out to a Fall 2020 Embark cohort. That was your cohort. Okay. Um, and those that may be listening from that cohort. Um, so I want to talk about your experience with Embark. So just a little background for you guys. Um, Embark is our program for young professionals who want to grow their networks, 
who want to get more skills and resources to be part of the great fabric of YPs here in the city, but also those who want to stay here and do um, the work to grow their careers here, to uh, stay here and make Memphis even better and filled with awesome individuals like themselves. So with that said, tell me about your experience, Fletcher being part of our virtual cohort uh, due to COVID. We had to keep the train moving, but we did it all virtually. So we never, I have not met Fletcher in person <laughs> until today. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he's still bald, black, and pretty, as he says. Well, his, yes, I am. Black, <laughs> bald, black, bald, and pretty. As he said in his um, in his wheelchair nomad series. Um, so tell me about your experience with Embark. Just share with us something that uh, was impactful for you and that was a great takeaway. Absolutely. So my experience uh, with Vanessa being, you know, my go-to person, she recommended me, I believe. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get the in-person experience. She was like, well, I was I was telling her, like, the um, task we did, activities. She was like, well, we did it a little different. It was, uh, you know, it sounds like it was a better in-person experience. But you got to do what you got to do. You got to roll with the punches. But to say that, though, it was it was still phenomenal. We had a fantastic time. And trying to help a lot of the people they weren't from memphis they moved here for uh, work and jobs and things so being that go-to person for that situation was phenomenal and just bringing high energy and letting people uh, meet new people and um you know hey i live down here downtown as well fletcher uh just been down here six months can you help me out and meet new people absolutely i would love to but it was definitely eye open in the career path and just trying to better myself as a professional it was definitely helpful in that situation when we were doing the activities with a lot of the um, teachers or professors um, they were um, helping us build ourselves and figuring out my uh, personality uh, was a definitely a definite positive for me i thought i was this it turns out i was that and i was like i know i know so it, it it was i would definitely recommend it and it was Definitely eye-opening, and it helped me grow as a professional. I would definitely say that. Uh, you kind of think about how ways you can better yourself, and you kind of get wrapped up in your job. Like, if I do my job better, but sometimes if you just better yourself individually, that can also inadvertently help you do your job better. Absolutely. Just one of those takeaways that um, we provide to embarkers through a personality assessment. So mm-hmm. definitely some great takeaways there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I do want to plug the program really quickly. <laughs> um, talking about your experience, Fletcher. Uh, we have those YPs out there um, like Fletcher who are looking to uh, be a part of a wonderful fabric here in Memphis. It's growing every single day of our young professionals. We invite you to join the Embark program. It's something awesome for our young professionals to be a part of, to get together, be a part of our new Memphis family. Uh, but meet those cool, interesting people that are just like you. They just want to come here in Memphis to grow themselves, to better what they give to the city, um, but create that love for Memphis. Um, Get attached to a great organization or a great place to work and uh, continue to thrive here in Memphis. Um, So we extend an invitation to young professionals out there to apply to the program. And that is year round. We're gearing up for our next cohort here in February and shout out to that group coming up. I'll see you guys really, really soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just wanted to plug that really quickly. Yes. And if you become a New Memphis Embarker, you get to be a New Memphis graduate just like cool people like Fletcher. So, I mean, I don't know what more you want from us. You get, <laughs> right. you get it all. You get it all. Yeah. And I w- I'm very interested here, since you brought it up, what was the most shocking thing you learned through your personality assessment? Mm, shocking? Yeah, that you were just, I know you spoke a little bit about, like, yeah. I thought I was this, and then I'm just like, I know when we've taken, like, the MBTI and different things, I'm always like, oh, I knew I was that, but I'm really that. Like. So... 
as much as a as an extrovert, well, I have said I am, mm-hmm. and I try to be that people person. Um, talking to other introverts, that you know, I, we showed similar qualities, and just being. Um, what were the full? Do you remember the? I can't think of the top ones. Yeah. So there's dominant. There's the influences I. There is conscientious. Okay. And there's steadfast. Or Step- ste- steadiness. Steadiness. Okay. So yeah, I think steadiness was my shocker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? This doesn't seem like nothing. You know. Yeah, because be- you're very extroverted. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you know, just like I said, taking the test and just answering the questions and uh, realizing like. Okay, maybe I can try to fulfill or cater to my steadiness side a little more and not just be so in your face all the time. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you guys, the reason I bring that up is because no matter how well you know yourself, you can always learn more. You can learn more about yourself personally, which then will reflect in your professional life. And Fletcher, you just heard the example from him you will learn so much about yourself. And that mm. is why New Memphis brings this work is to help people get better because our city needs leaders. It needs leaders like Fletcher that is with us today. You've heard all the incredible things he has going on here. And guys, come on, do it. Do what Kalinda said. Apply to be an embarker. You can do it at newmemphis.org slash programs. Yeah, embark too. There's so many different places. Just go to newmemphis.org. Absolutely. Don't be scared like we mentioned earlier in the podcast. You know, yeah, just, do just do it. You just got to do it. Don't let your anxiety stop you guys. <laughs> so, Fletcher, do you have any upcoming cool projects you can tell us about in the future? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I do. I am currently with a nonprofit organization that would like to be left uh, anonymous. They mentioned um, okay. we are going uh, April is not Distracted Driving Month, Awareness, Distracted Driving Awareness Month. Okay. So we're traveling the country and telling my testimony. Um, they have agreed to fund some travel for me, uh, which is fantastic. So this is where I wish I had an applause button. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> snap, uh, snap, 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 And just traveling the country and just different high schools and businesses and telling my story of distracted driving awareness, yeah. which of course is why the big thing being April and overcoming adversity, the importance of education for the high school students because I was on a football scholarship, but you know, unfortunately through circumstances, um, I was unable to play at a young age of 18. I thought I was gonna be playing forever, of course. But I tell these kids, I'm like, hey, number one, your sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, tennis, ping pong, whatever you do, yeah. won't last forever. Mm-hmm. So you need to have some type of educational background. And even if you are the number one running back or basketball player, right. if you don't have the grades, they will, mm-hmm. nothing I can do for you, sir, mm-hmm. <laughs> or ma'am, whatever the case may be. So saying the importance of education and overcoming adversity and distracted driving and uh, faith-based living, I speak to a lot of churches and things of that nature. So um, we are putting on the tour in April, like I mentioned, and we're traveling the country. We have, I think, 30 slots available, and I think we have, well, total, and I think we have 12 so far Mm -hmm. filled up. So if you know someone in any part of the country that would uh, benefit from hearing my story during that month of April, please reach out. And if it's not in April, like we have some in late March and late early May, so we kind of are flexible. And it's a fantastic. And I was telling people that someone just asked me during a speech, like, how often do I speak in Memphis? And to be honest, I don't really speak a lot in Memphis for some reason. Uh, people always assume that I'll be, I'm pretty sure you've been to every right. high school in Memphis. And I've only spoke to maybe four high schools in Memphis. Wow. Like even during the um, the tour, the 12 slots I mentioned or 17 slots, whatever, um, I, none of them are in Memphis. I have California, Florida, Texas, New York, um, Colorado. I have all over the country, but 
No, no, in Memphis. I think that maybe because my story, it's a, it's a hometown that, you know, oh, we heard Fletcher's story. He's been, I've been on the news maybe 13 times. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know if it's just. I don't know, but we can plug it here. So you guys are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those are looking for Fletcher to come and speak. There we go. <laughs> Please reach out to him. He's got a story to be told. Um, whether you've heard it or not, it's worth hearing again. I know. It could, I'm saying it can always be reiterated. Oh, I appreciate it. So uh, speaking of. People that are listening and they want to get in contact with you or keep up with your story or just mm-hmm. learn more about everything you do, where can they go to do that? Um, yeah, social media is um, probably one of the best. Uh, my website, of course, is www.fletchercleaves.com. Uh, my social media handles are Rolling on Faith, R O L L I N O N F A I T H. Um, Facebook, The Wheelchair Nomad, also Twitter, Rolling on Faith, or you can just type in Fletcher Cleaves and all my info pop yeah, up. And all this is available on my website as well. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, go there. And, you know, speaking of another project I would like to mention yeah, also please. is uh, The Wheelchair Nomad. Got some exciting things coming. So this we, is my favorite initiative almost. <laughs> like, you're a great public speaker, and I love hearing you speak, but mm-hmm. this is, like, my favorite. So the please. Wheelchair Nomad? Oh, yes. So why, please why, tell why me. Why is that if you don't mind me asking? I think it's my favorite because I love it when people use things they love. For instance, you're using travel to shine mm-hmm. a light on something bigger. So when you're traveling to these places and you're revealing where these accessibility issues are, it helps people get to the root of the issue of the accessibility instead of trying to just treat the symptoms. So like there instead of being like, I'm going to fix this one pothole, no, let's go to this level of the person that has the whole street and figure out how to fix that whole problem. Absolutely, there and we so go. And so that's my favorite thing of why yeah, it's, uh, So yeah, the wheelchair nomad, you know, I can't give a lot of details, but... You might see You're just it. Gonna in a, tease us. Yeah, a little, a little teaser. Oh. You might see it in some streaming network near oh, you. Wait a some, some big screen near you. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, people. There we go. We Exclusive. Have Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's fantastic, and just uh, bringing you know awareness to different issues, like yeah. you said, the uh, lack of accessibility and luxury in travel. A lot of luxury hotels do not have accessibility. If you think about hotels, um, they are, of course, they have the wheelchair accessible rooms, mm-hmm. but these resorts as well, they have, it's only one type of room. So like, mm. like for instance, if I wanted a, the penthouse suite yeah. or a ocean view, and like none of those rooms are wheelchair accessible. So things of that nature and, and just living life, like uh, just traveling, doing other thing, crazy stuff, like being thrown off cliffs and riding the world's fastest roller coaster in Abu Dhabi. That was also a scary experience. It was probably more scarier than a cliff situation. What a minute. Doing I, what? I would, de- I would definitely say that that was... Uh, so me and my cousin, it was of course I'm in I'm in Abu Dhabi, and um, it's the world's it, we're at Ferrari World when they had the world's fastest roller coaster, and I'm already like nope, then that's sign all, me not up. No, right. that's all I need. The world's fastest. Yep, put my name down, sir. We are not the same. So like when they it. mean world's fastest, they mean world's fastest. So oh we're in the roller coaster, and then you know it's, uh, I was like, well, let me get in the seat to see if I feel safe first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get down there, and I'm I mean it's not the best type of but I think I'll be I miss the world's fastest. I got to do it. Yeah. So my cousin gets on with me, and he puts his arm right here. It's kind of like a bar. So I'm sitting behind his arm, and he's blocking me, and uh, he's holding on to his, his side of the cart. I can imagine that arm lasting any, long, any longer than a couple seconds. <laughs> Three seconds tops. <laughs> and and you, know, you get the click. like You tell it's about to take off. So you get ready, and you hear the pressure. The so here it comes. And we shoot out, like, I'm talking about, like, zero to eight. Like, it was so fast. And immediately, as soon as we shoot, I fall over. Oh, no. So oh once gosh. I fall over, I don't even know what the roller coaster looked like. Because 
Like my head was in my lap the entire time. So we were rolling and we're going. And uh, my cousin, I was like, "What were you thinking?" And uh, my cousin, I was like, "The first thing I thought, you fell over, and we we're going to this roller coaster." I was male is that's what we calls my my family calls my mother. It was like male is gonna kill me. <laughs> And uh, I didn't see any, like, so he was just telling me, he was like, hey, cause we're about to go up down, we're about to go, we're about to go upside down, we're about to go upside down. And I'm leaning over like, okay, like, I can't see anything. <laughs> but it, it was a, it was an experience, and I was like, yeah, nope, I'm good on that. Don't need to do that again. What a way to end us, Fletcher. My there goodness. We go. it was fantastic. Well, I can't wait to learn more and see what's coming up with i know you could only give us a sneak peek but i there can't wait go. to be seen on a streaming service guys if you want to check out more about fletcher his work if you want to book him for a gig to come public speak check out his website what's it again tell the people fletchercleaves.com fletchercleaves.com well thank you so much for being yeah. with us today. thank you for having me Thanks, i really Flit. appreciate it absolutely enjoyed it enjoyed it i love it it's lit bye it's guys lit. <laughs> What an amazing episode, Glenda. It sure was. Like, I am so amped. He is such a little, just bright light. He is. Like he says, it's lit. It's always lit with pleasure. I didn't even, I didn't even mean to walk straight into that pun, but truly, like, he just is keeping it lit. He is shining such a wonderful light on just everything he's doing, all his initiatives, but also how he has taken what some people would let kind of hold him down. And Absolutely. he is really rose above it and just is truly killing the game like there's nothing else to say (laughs) he represents us very well (laughs) he does he's great so guys a few last closing show announcements new memphis recently sponsored the memphis flyers 20 under 30 along with our friends and partners over at jim Carris subaru so first things first we want to say a huge congratulations to the class of 2022 (laughs) we had such a great time celebrating these honorees and their impact on the community last week and we just can't wait to see what they have up their sleeves for the future and so kalinda there's a little birdie that told me new memphis is in the middle of recruitment season that little birdie was right (laughs) so it's always an exciting and fun time around here in new memphis but it's especially fun and exciting nowadays because we're gearing up for our new spring cohort so we have all these new yps that are going to be coming together in one fabulous new memphis family and being a part of the embark experience so we're still accepting applications year-round we're looking to have you guys join and being part of the amazing work we do here and we know you yps are out there looking to connect you want to be a part of something really great and awesome and impactful and this is the place to be so why not join in now i love that every time i hear connect automatically my head goes get connected not for free because you gotta pay a fee but come over to embark (laughs) so guys it is february 1st and i know you guys don't know me but again we say this every week i feel like you do because you have to listen to me every week that means valentine's day is on its way and Kalinda, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Because for me, it's one of my favorite holidays. Love Valentine's Day. When you can have an excuse to eat as much chocolate as you want. I just love love. And I know that's the cheesiest thing to say. <laughs> and look, I am single. I am single. I don't really understand the phrase single as a Pringle because Pringles come in a whole can with other Pringles. But that's true. I, I'm, I am single, but I still just love Valentine's Day. And guys... I love love, and I have so much love for each and every one of you who has gave to New Memphis over the past year in any way, whether you've given your time, your financial donations, in any way. So, as you know, or may not, this may be your first time tuning in, New Memphis is a local nonprofit. That means to do the work we do to give back to our community, we rely on donations from people like you. So, whether you come to an event, whether you go through a leadership program, 
whether you just love listening to the show each week, which I really hope you do because we love bringing these stories to the stage for you, please consider making a gift to Numenfest. You can do that really easily by following along on our social channels at the New Memphis on Facebook and Instagram. You can hit that little donate button. You can also visit newmemphis.org and while you're there, give a donation. You can also apply for Embark and you can hang out with Kalinda hey, all the hey. time. So you get direct <laughs> access to this amazing person. So what do you have to lose? Truly. Everything to gain. Thank you. So on that note, Memphis, Kalinda, thank you so much for being my host today. Hey, I appreciate hanging out with you it today. so fun. So guys, we're just going to call it a day. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right, y'all. Out. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.